it's that magical time of the year. It is the summer, and that means international tournaments. One of Jack and I's favorite international tournaments are the European Championships or the Euros. And we are excited to cover it, give a bird's eye prediction and preview of this tournament and what we can expect out of each of these groups. Before we get to this amazing episode, I just want to give a quick thank you to all of our listeners because we got a lot, a lot of new listeners from our last couple of episodes. And I like to say thank you if you are one of these new listeners. Thank you for choosing us to listen to. Could have chosen anyone, but you chose us. As a token of our gratitude, we are going to continue pumping out these great episodes. But we want to ask you a quick favor. Leave a review and a rating in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us on. That is all we ask of you. It will help us out so much. It's all we ask of you. It's all we ask of you. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack, and since we're in the international window, I'm going to go through my teams with internationals first. I support the French national team, Slovakian national team, Minnesota United, Chelsea, and Atalanta, and I'm here with AJ. Yes, I'm AJ, and I'll also start with my international teams. I support the best country, well, I'm not going to say that, the best national team in the world, USA, USA champions of the nation's league which we covered in this past monday episode so check that out if you haven't listened to that already i'm also a fan of minnesota united and west ham united today's a really exciting episode jack what are we doing today well we're covering the most exciting thing of the summer which in my opinion at least it which is the european championships which were delayed a year but they're still calling it euro 2020 anyways we're going to be going group by group going through the teams giving everyone a preview maybe helping you find a team to support if you're a u.s fan and you're wondering who you want to support this summer maybe this will help you out and we'll go over some other uh possible awards as well such as Golden Boot winner, which we all know is going to be Goran Pandev from North Macedonia. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah, actually, of course, and uh, and yeah, just having a fun time while doing it. So there might be some clowning on Frank De Boer because there will be. Yeah, there will be. We'll, we'll, we promise you at least one Frank De Boer <laughs> joke. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we have a quota to meet this episode. Yeah, we have a quota. Uh, so c- come on, uh, it, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, we're we're going to go all through that and give you that preview. Yeah, it's going to be a real bird's eye view over this entire tournament, uh, all the different teams that could make a a real splash. And we're going to make our predictions on the group. And if you want to get in on these predictions, you could join our uh, bracket challenge for the Euros. It's going to be down in the show notes down below. All you have to do is fill it out and you will be entered to potentially win $15 straight from our wallets. We're trying to get at least 10 people. If we don't get 10 people, we'll still run the bracket challenge. We're still going to post about it, but we might not give out the $15. So if you want a chance to win that $15, be one of uh, at least 10 participants in that bracket challenge. And to keep track with all that, follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. You should do that regardless. Hello, it's Editor AJ here recording this after the fact. Uh, I wanted to, before we get to the actual groups, talk about how the Euro Championship Tournament is formatted. So we have six groups of four, A through F, the groups, and each of these teams have qualified from a a Euro qualifying tournament previously. 
and they are going to play each other in a round robin. So each team will play three group stage matches. And unlike other tournaments like the World Cup and previous Euros where it's set in one country, this is set all across Europe. So some of these groups uh, like England or Spain will play home matches in their country and some away matches in another country. And that's basically how the group works. They're going to play each other again, three matches each for each team. And the top two of each group will qualify directly into the round of 16. You may be wondering that only counts for 12 teams in the round of 16. Yes, because you can also qualify from third place. So all the third place teams, they are going to be put in this table that compares them. So the, the third place teams that got the most points will be able to qualify for the round of 16. So if you got third place, but you still got, I don't know, like a, like four points, that might mean that you are the fourth best uh, third place team because you got the fourth most points among the third place teams. So yeah, you qualify for the round of 16. And basically the top four third place teams will qualify to the round of 16 and they are seeded accordingly based on if you won the group or got second or third place. And it goes on from there like a regular knockout tournament. A bit confusing there. Uh, it naturally is when you introduce third place qualification. But that is how the Euro tournament works. Let's go on to Group A. Uh, yeah, with that, let's go right into the first group. And this is Group A. I'm taking the lead on this one. And this is honestly, this probably is, in my opinion, the second most interesting group. Second to probably Group F. And I think that because outside of Italy, the other three teams in this group all have a pretty decent shout at getting out of this group and making a splash in the tournament. So in this group is Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. So a big uh, bird eye view towards every single one of these teams is, let's start with Turkey, actually. Turkey is going to be very defensively sound. It's kind of the expectation when you have the likes of uh, uh, Zeki Celik and full disclaimer I'm going to butcher all of these names I'm just going <laughs> to go for it and please respect me for at least trying uh, Soyunuchu, Ozan Kabak Khan Ihan, and recently Ridvan Ilmaz who's a 20 year old and a name to watch out for on this team that's a really strong defense the question lies on whether or not this group has the firepower up top to not just be defensively strong but also offensively the captain, Barak Ilmaz, sticks out. He scored 28 goals for the Crescent Stars, but can he make it happen here? They're relying on him, which is tough when you consider his age. When you also have Italy in the group, it's also hard for Turkey to do well. And so let's go on to Italy. Italy is known for their defensive stability. I mean, they invented the term uh, catenaccio for a reason. But it's not as cut and dry as that. They have defensive stability while at the same time not compromising their attack. Their attackers are dynamic, with Barella, Insigne, Immobile, and probably their talisman this tournament, Federico Chiesa, leading their offense. And of course, their defense with Cialini, Bonucci, Bastoni, Florenzi, Toloi, they all have the chops to keep clean sheets. Being skilled on both sides is an important in-tournament play, and it's clear why they're among the favorites to win the tournament. And they have a lot of leaders as well. You obviously have Cialini and Bonucci, being the old guard leaders, but you also have Donnarumma, their 22-year-old goalkeeper, really growing into his own as a leader on the field. It's a team of both youth and experience, and that duality is going to help them adapt to any situation. 
I'll probably have them in like the top five most likely to win this tournament. Next, you have Wales, which is kind of an underdog, but I wouldn't really count them out. They're a team that can adapt. When you're not as talented as some other teams, no offense, Wales fans, you can't really control the game every time. But when you're also better than a lot of other teams, there you go. Congratulations, Wales fans. You can't really bunker down every game as well. This game is all about adaptability, and Wales is all about that. They have players who can just do that. Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, Daniel James, Ben Davies, all players that will play a key role on this Welsh side that did rather well in the last Euro tournament. But the question for them is, do they have the overall talent throughout their entire squad to do well, especially in this tough group? That is the question. They lost to France really recently, so it's not like they're world beaters, but I still expect them to at least make it out this group. Last, we have Switzerland. The Red Crosses have had some dynamic players. I'm really excited to see Shakiri and Shaka uh, play, and they always seem to do well for Switzerland, as well as the likes of, uh, and I'm so sorry, Harris, uh, Seferovic, and Denis Zakaria. Their player pool screams wing play to me, and I think that's going to help them open up the compact defensive sides in this group. They're on a good run of form, beating most teams in their path. However, there's no young players to be obvious, youthful game changers. And that's going to put a damper on them a bit. There's also no set star that can lead this team beyond maybe Granite Xhaka. There's just no player that is a name and can single-handedly change the tide of this team. So my verdict for this group, I have Italy on top, Turkey second, and third and fourth became really hard for me. I know I said Wales could expect to make it out of this group, but for my money, I don't think they will. I think Switzerland just has the edge on them, barely. So I have Switzerland third, fourth Wales. This is a tough group. Italy's the runaway favorites, but watch out for that Turkey and Switzerland game. It's going to have huge implications. Whether or not I get this right, I won't be surprised. This is a very hard-to-protect group. Jack, how do you see this group? Uh, you know, I, I see it actually the same exact order that you have. Okay, I, okay. I, at first I thought you were going to put Wales in third and I was going to clown on you for that because I, I ultimately don't think their squad is as good as Switzerland's Turkey's or Italy's. It's, it's really a championship squad. A lot of the players on there with yeah. some premier league names and other big names, but ultimately their goalkeeper situation is they they have all backup goalkeepers. They don't mm-hmm. have a single starting goalkeeper, which really lets them down. But yeah, I mean, Italy are the runaway favorites in this group, and I I think I have them. Uh, I I think you know I, it should be expected that they make it to the semifinals, honestly, right. semifinals or better, because they should be up to that level. And uh, mm-hmm. Turkey, as you said, solid defensively, solid just all around. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what else to add to that other than you know uh, Kaglar Soyuncu. I'm not sure if you mentioned him as well as a defender in there, but I think I did. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, I mean, that that defense is just stacked and often really overlooked. Uh, and Switzerland, that I, I, I think I think I have the same exact thoughts as you on that. Like, I, I'm not sure where the spark comes from or really the goals. Like, Mbolo was okay, uh, the, the, like, uh, when, when he was playing uh, this past season for uh, Mönchengladbach, but he wasn't, like, spectacular. So I'm not sure if, like... 
you know, where the goals come from, they might defend pretty well, but I have a feeling that they'll just get broken down eventually. And I'm not sure what their plan is to score the goals afterwards. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's my take on it. Pretty similar to yours. Same exact ranking actually. Okay. Okay. So Wales is on bottom. Just watch them like completely tear up this group right, get first. Right. <laughs> Gareth Bale's like, you know what? I'm actually a god still. So, oh man. I think it's going to be a really fun group to watch. Another not as dynamic group, I'd say, but still a very interesting group is Group B, and I'm also taking the lead on this. So let's go over Group B, which is Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia. Let's start off with Denmark because I don't know if it's the flag's color scheme, but Denmark gives me pretty much the same vibes as Switzerland. They're both super underrated teams with dynamic players, but I feel like you don't have any real standout names that, like Switzerland, can change the tide of the game. However, their overall talent is a lot better than Switzerland, and I believe in Denmark way more. Hoiberg, Yusuf Poulsen, Christian Eriksen, Martin Braithwaite are all attackers that can and will make a splash this tournament. But do they and Denmark collectively have what it takes to push through a tough knockout round match? I kind of doubt that. I think they're going to do perfectly well in this group stage. But once you get to like the round of 16 or the quarterfinals, that's when the doubts of Denmark's star power really set into place for me. The question I have for this team is who is going to step up? That being said, they are on a really, really great run of form in qualifications and uh, the recent friendlies. So I, I wouldn't put it past them to do well even in the knockout rounds. Next is Finland, and Jack and I both have a really soft spot for Finland because we have uh, three Minnesota United players, either current or former, on this Euro squad for Finland. And it's also a really exciting time to be a Finnish fan because this is Finland's first major international tournament. So the obvious narrative here is, can they keep up with their wits and, you know, still play pretty well? Or will they freeze like a deer in the headlights? In my mind, they lack the overall player talent to really dictate games, so I think they're going to sit back a lot and just hoof it forward to their main guy, Pookie. Beyond him, it's a grab bag of talent. The names that pop up, like I mentioned, Juka Raitala, uh, Robin Lud, and Rasmus Schuler, all either former or current Minnesota United players. Yeah, let's go Loons. And also maybe uh, Frederick Jensen and Glenn Kamara. A lot of these guys play for smaller teams in smaller leagues, and I just don't think it's going to be enough to get out of this group. I think I think success for Finland in this Euro tournament is just having a good time, just showing up, being at least competitive in a lot of matches and using this as a jumping-off point in the future. Belgium. What is there to say about Belgium that hasn't already been said? They're one of the favorites to win the whole thing. They've been hard done in the past few Euros and World Cups as they were favorites to win those as well. Uh, and in 2018, they had to settle for third, which is still a good showing. They're now at the twilight of a golden generation, and this may be the last tournament they'll ever truly, truly be favorites to win at. Uh, Carrasco, Hazard, both of them, Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku, Alex Witzel, Dries Mertens, Batshuayi, Courtois. Did I mention Lukaku? Yes, I did. They're all in their prime. So you got to capitalize on that because the next Euro and even next year, they're going to be a step behind just based on the fact that they're reaching the wrong side of 30. The question for me is, A, can they 
capitalize on this golden generation. B, will their players be healthy, like Kevin De Bruyne, suffered a pretty hefty eye socket injury in the Champions League final? And is their aging defense going to hold up? There's a lot of different questions. I think they're one of the overall favorites, but there's still a lot of doubts that make some Belgium fans kind of quake in their boots. But overall, other than those three things, there's not a lot of negatives about this team. Can't really say the same about Russia. If it weren't for Finland, Russia would be the weakest side, in my opinion. A lot of their players play in the Russian Premier League, which isn't a bad thing because, you know, it's a good league. But at the same time, it is a step down compared to the sides of Denmark and Belgium, who have a lot of players in the top five leagues. They've retained a lot of their players that got them to the quarterfinals in the World Cup, but their style of play relies on the players working hard, running a lot to make up for the lack of raw talent, you know, pressing or winning back balls by just working, working really, really hard. And that turned out pretty well in 2018. But three years later, those same players are 30 plus years old and still on the squad is still expected to start. It's going to be tougher to replicate their previous success. But just like in 2018, the sum of the parts matters more than the actual parts on this Russian team. So maybe they can make a splash. Maybe they can make it out of this group in third place. And that's where I have them. Belgium is on top for me. Denmark at a strong, strong second place. Russia, third, probably going to make it out of the group in third. And lastly, Finland. I'm so sorry, Robin Ludd, but I think you're not going to make it. Jack, Group B, do you agree with me? Or are you believing in Finland to pull off the upset? I wish I could say I, I was, but I, 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 put, I have the exact same order, but I just wanted to touch on a few other things with some of these. Of course. Uh, Belgium, like you said, they, they are brilliant, especially in midfield and attack. Their defense gives me a lot of worries, though, because, right, right. you know, it's been solid for a while. You have Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and uh, Deni- Denier uh, in the back. That's their back three, almost always. But that defense is old. It's very old, and it doesn't have the same pace it used to. And because of that, I think if there's any undoing to Belgium at this tournament, it comes in from, you know, like uh, someone uh, who's kind of speedy running in behind, like from Russia, for example, Mario Fernandez running in behind from right wing back, getting the better of uh, Vertonghen, who I think plays on the right side of defense there, and just obliterating uh belgium i think that they could be really vulnerable because of that uh but i still think they should get first denmark as well i mean like yeah they they're, they probably are going to be in second uh their defense though is what's going to get them there it doesn't matter about the attack when their defense is stro- so strong andreas christensen had an amazing season this time around joaquin Mila, who plays from uh who plays for atalanta he had a great season as well filling in re- very well for hans hattabor at wingback uh and shoot there's one other there's one other wingback that i wanted to there's one other side of that that i wanted to bring up oh, oh of course uh, simon Kerr, who who plays for ac milan had an excellent season you know you're talking about probably one of the best defenses in this group, if not in the in the entire tournament, because of how solid they've been this season. And because of that, I think that, you know, Denmark are going to do very solidly. Russia, I think you're underselling them a little bit. Artem Zhuba, he's getting up there in age, but he's still he still scores quite a few goals. Uh, and same with Mario Fernandez, that uh, dynamic uh, wing play uh, up from wing back. He has a lot of pace that can beat 
probably half of the half of like the players in this pool, if not like 90% of them, like, you know, he, he is very good. So, but you're probably right that Russia is a little bit past their absolute best. So I, I, and Finland, I wish I could back him. I wish I could, but that loss to Estonia this past, uh, (laughs) this past week really, really made me doubt it. And yeah, I, I, it's unfortunate, but I, I, I agree with you that, this could be a good catapult for them to do better in the future and make a name for themselves. All right. So we have the same groups rankings for the first two groups. And really, those are just like the stock rankings. I, I personally didn't really venture too far uh, into the crazy, like upset territory, at least in the group stages, because I feel like that's a safer bet. But maybe... Maybe we disagree in Group C. Jack, how do you see Group C turning out? Well, let, let's let's go in alphabetical order for these okay. teams. I, that that's how I did all of these. Uh, so first we have Austria, which is a solid but maybe not spectacular team. They definitely have some great names in here, namely their captain da- uh, David Alaba, as well as as a towering giant in defense, Martin Hinteregger, who plays for Frankfurt, had a great season, has been playing pretty well uh, overall when it, when I've watched him play. Uh, and they also have some great midfield players like Marcel Sabitzer for Leipzig, Christopher Trimmel for who from Union Berlin, who had a, a fantastic campaign, and of course their main man Marco Arnautovic up top. My guess th- is that unless he's injured, he's going to play all 270 minutes of the group stage he was really good in their last against uh in their last game against slovakia and probably should have had three or four if it wasn't for the fantastic goalkeeper that is martin dubrovka uh but you know i but the thing that holds me back on on rating them is the recent record which is bad They've only won one of their last five, and that was against the Faroe Islands. They also lost 1-0 to England, lost 4-0 to Denmark, and drew against Scotland, Slovakia, and also, before that, Norway. Their, their record just doesn't give me confidence, and I'm sure it doesn't give Franco Foda, their coach, much joy either. And they also are playing all of their matches away from home, and I don't think they'll do all that well this time around. But that being said, I think they'll, they have a chance of getting through this group. The Netherlands... Uh, going on to them, this Netherlands team certainly is not the best-looking version of itself. Mm-mm. They're missing Van Dyke because he's training up to get fit for Liverpool next season, and their best goalkeeper, uh, Sillison, who had to drop out because of contracting COVID. Uh, and in fact, this team is headed by the, quote, tactical genius, Frank De Boer. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, they're, they're, they're doing so well under his, under his tenure. We, we all know how good he is uh, because he's just a fantastic coach. And I'm just kidding, by the way, in case you couldn't sense it. That's all sarcasm. This team just are not at the peak of their powers. They aren't in the worst position they could be in, but just not as just not living up to potential. They have the likes of Memphis Depay up top, who has had a great few warm up days as an individual and Delict and DeVridge at the back help shield uh, now Tim Cruel, who's going to be playing in goal probably for them. Plus, they have big names in midfield, Frankie Dion, Martin Darun, Davi Klaassen, and Ryan Gravenberch. Uh, but this, this team is stacked. But if De Boer, the, the big question is over De Boer. Is he the right person for this job? And while they won their most recent friendly 3-0 against Georgia, they nearly lost to Scotland. And without Memphis Depay, they would have. And they, they lost to Turkey. They got totally tactically outclassed. I just don't have too much faith in this Netherlands team. But, but... 
they should have enough individual quality to get through this group, if not just from Memphis to Pi and Frankie Dion by themselves. Uh, North Macedonia is next. Definitely the small fish in a relatively big pond of, of a group, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve their spot here. They've right. played very well in their qualifiers, and they recently beat Germany at home in World Cup qualifying. Like, that's impressive. Their squad might not be as glamorous as the others, but they've got three standout players that I really want to mention, which are Leeds, uh, Egzhan Alioski, I mispronounced that, I know, uh, in defense, Napoli's Elgif Elmas in midfield, and Genoa's Goran, Goran Pandev. Like the, but beyond those three players, there's really not much to speak of. They might have a chance to get third, but I think it's really unlikely. This is also their first big tournament, like uh, Finland. So I'm not sure how they'll cope with playing such tough games, especially against Netherlands at home. So, sorry, North Macedonia. I'm not sure if I rate you for this tournament. And uh, yeah, it's disappointing. But uh, for Ukraine, I think uh, I... I have a confession about this one. This is one of the teams that I'm looking forward to watching. I have there's like three teams that I'm going to be looking like really intensely at during this tournament, and Ukraine's one of them. So I think this team often gets really underrated, which is strange because they've actually qualified for seven of the last eight Euro tournaments. They've got tons of talent, but they also seem to be specialists in drawing. They beat a lot of smaller teams like Cyprus and Northern Ireland but do get a lot of impressive draws, such as against France uh, in World Cup qualifying. I think their team has a ton of good players. Uh, Andriy Piatov, who's like 37 now, is still in sticks as, as uh, in, the, in between the sticks as their goalkeeper. And he, he's always brilliant somehow. I, I, don't know, I don't know what he's doing, but uh, at 37, he still is a great goalkeeper. Uh, Oleksandr Zinchenko, of course, and uh, Ruslan Malinovsky provide some great creativity from midfield and uh, AJ's boy, Andre Yarmolenko yeah. and uh, Alexi Yaramchuk up top uh, are, are, are uh, going to provide some goals. And I think they're all solid players, but I think what really makes this team, what it is, is the fact that they play as a team and everyone understands what they're doing in it. They, they manage games very well. And I wouldn't be surprised if they qualify straight out of this group. And that's exactly what I've said to, to happen. My ranking for this is Netherlands up top, Ukraine second, Austria in third, and North Macedonia in fourth. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Here are my rankings. Number one, I have North Macedonia. Okay. Second, I... <laughs> no, no, no. Very logical. Yeah, yeah very logical. Now, on top, uh, I'll go in the order that I have them in. The Netherlands, I have on top. Yes, tactically, like you said, De Boer is not the strongest. He has made a lot of weird choices in terms of A, how he lines up the team sometimes, and B, the way that the team plays. I think that's going to shine very uh, strongly, not in the group stage, in my opinion, but in the knockout rounds. I think they are primed for an early round exit. My key player for the Netherlands is Memphis Depay. I think even though he's kind of waned in terms of his club level reputation, even though he's done great things at Lyon, Van Dyke and him, I think, at least were the keys for this Netherlands team. But now that Van Dyke is out, who replaces him? Is Delict ready? That is a big question that I think we're going to find out within the first two games of this group stage and will dictate whether or not the Netherlands can actually overcome their tactic, their tactical disadvantages, I suppose. Second, I actually don't have Ukraine. I have Austria, of all teams. 
Oh, okay. Even though I, I think, in my opinion, they are pretty evenly matched. You could flip them around. But I have Austria just because I, I, I feel like their overall talent, when you compare side by side to the other three teams, they are on top, if only slightly. I mean, they have uh, Dragovic, who I have to highlight as being a pretty uh, good center back for them, and uh, Savitzer, you know, a, a good striker as well. When you look at Austria as a whole, I think their overall talent levels is just a you know a pretty good level above Ukraine. And so moving on to Ukraine, they have a lot of Ukrainian Premier League players on their Euro squad. I mean, you highlighted some of their ones that are in some pretty good leagues. But when I look at this squad, it doesn't really inspire me with confidence in terms of who can be that number one guy or a, a, a core of players beyond the ones that are in those top five leagues. And so to me, that depth becomes an issue for Ukraine. North Macedonia, I'm a really big fan of Elmas. I, I, him and Napoli, I think, are a very uh, good pairing. I think he's, he's, gonna, he's a very good player for them. Yeah. 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 I, I think he's going to do great things. He's only 21. Uh, I I had him uh, in my in, on my uh, FIFA team before, and you know he, he's he's done great things. So maybe that's just a, a bias. But also, and his Bardi, a twenty five year old midfielder for Levante, he's also a really good midfielder. If if Elmas is the one for the future, he is North Macedonia's midfielder right now, and I think he's going to do a lot of great things. But unfortunately, it's North Macedonia, so I have him in fourth. Am I wrong about Ukraine? How how off am I since you are more closely following Ukraine? Well, I, I think Ukraine are actually really good because, you know, as you said, the Ukrainian Premier League, maybe not the best league in the world, but it's almost all, you know, uh, players from one team, Shakhtar Donetsk, who have been very yes, good in very European good. competition. Yeah upset some big play uh, some big teams in recent years as well uh so i i actually have a lot of faith in them because of that they have a lot of solid names in there that go under the radar because they are from that league so yeah i i i personally think that you're kind of underselling the quality of that of uh, that team because yes they have a lot of players from the ukrainian premier league but where they're coming from in their matters right okay i i could see i could see that well Hopefully I'm not wrong, but maybe I am. Let's go on to Group D, which consists of England, Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic. Let's begin with the, the, the nation that invented soccer, but definitely not the nation that's best at soccer. It's England. England are among the favorites to win the tournament, which means they're probably going to crash out in the group stage. And after getting knocked out, by Iceland last Euros and getting fourth place in the last World Cup, they're going to be itching for another shot at silverware. The story of this team is youth and attacking dynacism. The English have so many U23s to pick from on this team, it's insane. Reese James, Declan Rice, Jack Sarah player Mason Mount, Jude Bellingham, Marcus Rashford, Phil Foden, Jaden Sancho, Bukayo Sako, as well as older dependable options like Jack Grealish, even though, really, can you call him older? He's like 25. Older on this team, really. Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane, Jordan Henderson, the list goes on. The depth is there at pretty much every position that they have. 
The question for this group comes down to the manager. Southgate has gotten a lot of flack for, you know, choosing some really weird players. He's he was, he really likes Stones and Maguire, and sometimes that's worked out. Sometimes it hasn't. What is the formation if they're going with the rumored uh, three in the back, or if they are sticking with a four in the back is yet to be seen. And if he overthinks this, it can lead to another knockout round exit from England. So really, I think they have the talent to win, but whether they can overcome their their reputation of getting eliminated really early in knockout rounds after doing their best to qualify, that's the uphill battle they're facing. Second is Croatia, and I've, I've talked about Croatia in the last Monday episode. Croatia are not the Croatia they once were. So when you have good players like Luka Modric, uh, Perisic, Lovren, Kovacic, Livakovic, and Vlasic, it really brings up the point that this is an aging side. They have a lot of players in their prime. They have a lot of players that are slightly after their prime but still really good. But the, the, the real question is, can they hold on to their advantage if they have some weaker legs the run of form has not been great and and that's an indication of that age they only only gotten four wins in 2020 and 2021 that's tough and beyond Luka Modric who is their leader who is going to change the game from the midfield from the the forward line is there anyone beyond maybe Perisic that can wholeheartedly change the game for them because they're going to need it when they have the run of form that they're on right now scotland is next and i'd like to say welcome back to the euro scotland for the first time in 24 years they are back in a major international tournament and i'm sure scotland fans are going to be pumped to see the likes of scott mctominay billy gilmore of chelsea fame and uh, players like shea adams andrew robertson john mcginn come together and try to make a scene with this team will it happen Probably not. They didn't play well against Luxembourg of all teams, which is very tough considering it's Luxembourg. And their squad isn't that impressive beyond a few names. Success for them is getting out of this group at all, even if that's at third place. Talent-wise, there's not a lot of household names. That's okay, because obviously if if the sum of the parts is greater than the parts, that's fine. But overall, I just don't think that talent level is there to compete. The Czech Republic, the Czech team has had a pretty meh run of games recently, which signals a bit of inconsistency from the side. They have a lot of domestic players, which is, you know, uh, pretty good. Uh, uh, Just to compare with the Ukrainian Premier League, you know, these teams come from the best teams in uh, the Czech Republic, like Sparta Prague and uh, stuff like that. They have big names. Well, uh, big, I guess, is relative, but in my mind, big because they have West Ham legends, Vladimir Sufal and Thomas Suchek, as well as other probably good uh, names like Alex Kroll, uh, Vidra, Patrick Schick, David Zima, and Adam Hlojek. My main concern is with the attack. Not a lot of standout forwards and attacking midfielders that are known to create goals out of nothing, which is what they'll need to do when you're going against teams that will outclass you. In their last five losses, they've been completely outclassed and only mustered one goal in those five games that's tough most concerned about their defense uh there would be starting center back 
uh, Kudela got a 10-month match ban for racially abusing Glenn Kamara during a Europa League game. So center back is wide open, and there's not a lot of great options. I don't know how confident I am in this Czech Republic team. But this is an interesting group, A, because we have the England-Croatia rematch. Also, England versus Scotland, which is, I don't know if you know anything about politics, I don't think you'll really need to know a lot to know that England and Scotland are usually not on great terms, despite being in a the same overall country. Uh, I have England going on top, Croatia getting second, Scotland third, Czech Republic fourth. If there's any t- like front runner team that I feel like has the ability to crash out, not crash out, but like undersell in the group stage, it's England. Croatia, for, for what it's worth, even if they're not doing so well in form, I feel I can get a positive result against England and maybe can squeak in a, a first place there. But that's the way I see it. Jack, I spent way too long talking about some teams that I don't really enjoy talking about. <laughs> Go ahead with your predictions for Group D. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start off saying I have the exact same predictions as you. Same order. Let's go. Uh, but I just want to, I'm not an England supporter either, but I want to quick give a rant on Southgate because it's so annoying because I, there's a lot of Chelsea players in the team that I do care about. And what is, what is he thinking trying to play a three-back system in this tournament, right? Because England have so much, you talked about how they have such young attacking talent. Why would you play a three-back system then? That doesn't make any sense yeah. to me personally. You, you sacrifice an attacker for what an extra center back for defense. Yeah. And the the thing is, like, if if you're so confident in your young attackers, then play more of them. Yeah. Don't don't add in an extra defender. Add in more attackers. And you know, it, it it's just worrying because you know England have potential, but I worry that Southgate, like Hodgson at Euro 2016, is misusing it. And he's going to cause another collapse, potentially. Like, it, it might not be in the group stage, but they have to play the runner-up in Group F, which is either Portugal, Germany, or France, probably, who's going to be the runner-up. Uh-huh. And none of those are easy matches. No. And I, I, I just don't think he's the right person. Also, when Trent Alexander-Arnold got injured, I was thinking, oh, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get to see the player who should have been in this squad from the beginning— James Ward-Prowse. Exactly. But no, he got Ben White instead after making a big fuss about, oh, we, uh, I, I'm picking players who performed really well in the Premier League. Brighton finished worse off than Southampton. Uh-huh. And you also picked the most fouled player in the Premier League in Jack Grealish. And you didn't take the best free kick taker, statistically, in the world in, in this past season. What, what is he doing? It's it's just ridiculous. I love so, how riled up you're getting over England. I, I think well, I really rate James Ward Prowse as a player. And I, I, I do too. Southampton is probably my second favorite team in the Premier League if I had to choose one. Uh and because of that, like I, I I'm I just find it astounding that that happened. Uh but so, uh, that's the rant over. I, I, I harnessed my inner England fan for a second there. Uh but you know, uh Croatia as well not looking as great. They've lost most of their attacking talent after the last World Cup. I, I wouldn't be too confident in them this time around. I, I'm just not that confident in them. Still back them to get second, though, because I think they're better than Scotland and the Czech Republic. Uh, Czech Republic, like you said, missing a center back. Suchek can score goals from cent- central mid, mm-hmm. but if that's what they're relying on, and Patrick Schick, I guess, it's yeah. not great. Uh, Scotland, I, 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 think they, I think they should get third, and I feel like I feel like they should get into the knockout rounds, just barely. But 
I I could back them to like you know draw against Croatia and beat the Czech Republic and then probably lose to England and get enough points to get it, uh, get in as a third place winner. But yeah, that that's that's what I have to say about that group. Mostly about a rant about Gareth Southgate. Yeah, I, I think any any English listeners will really enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah. England versus Scotland is going to be an insane match. Oh, it's going to be a fun one. That that's definitely one we're going to preview. I I feel like, man, I'm going to say it's a goal fest. And it's going to be a zero zero draw. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Let's go on to the penultimate group, Group E. Jack is taking over this one. Jack, one of your favorite teams is in here. You're wearing their jersey oh, right now. So let's hear. It. Let's hear. It. Do you know any Slovakian? Can you say anything? Uh, let's see. Dobry den, uh, ahoy, uh, jesim, uh, Jack. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, of some other ones. Uh, but most of them are just like basic conversational things. I'm just getting into learning Slovak. I know okay. a little bit more Czech because that was originally on Duolingo and not Slovak, but, okay. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not that good at it yet. I can count to 10 in Slovak, but okay. that's not very impressive. Well, well, do you know how to say we are definitely going to get fourth place. <laughs> hey, I actually, I'm, I'm going to spoil it right away. I don't have them in fourth place in this group. All right, that's, I don't. that's interesting. Let, it's let's, bias. It's going to be bias. Everyone's going to say that. But Let's hear your group E predictions. All right. Well, I'm going to start off, same thing, alphabetically. Poland is first. I'm not all that sure really what to think about Poland in this tournament. Like, sure, yeah. they've got Lewandowski up top. They've got Wojciech Szczesny in goal and a solid back three of Glick, Helic, and Bednarek. And then they have Zielinski and Click in midfield. They have a solid team, but their recent results have been really poor. Draws against Russia and Iceland, that's not great, as well as losses to bigger teams. With all that being said, while they aren't playing at home, out of their group, besides Spain, they're playing the closest to home in St. Petersburg, which is a country away. Uh, so kind of close, but not that close, I guess. I honestly do think they should do enough, though, to get out of this group in second. Uh, their defense is very solid. It's it, it like Bednarek, I think, is a really underrated defender. Uh, and uh, Lewandowski, can com- if he can combine well with Zielinski uh, to create some good goals, they should make it through. They should. Uh, but that 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 that's what, uh, what, what I'll say about Poland. And uh, moving on to uh, the, the mighty Slovakia. Uh, you know, you know, I'm fond of Slovakia. We've said it already. I want them to do well. And not only that, but I do think they'll do well. Uh, their team wow. might not be spectacular, but it's solid. They haven't lost in five games, actually. They've only won one of those games, but they've been very good at keeping goals out of the back of their net. Which teams been, were those? I mean, some of them were not great. I, I will say that. But they, <laughs> did, they, they had an impressive uh, draw against Austria recently, okay. which, which, which was really good. A good draw against Bulgaria as well. Mm. Maybe not the top teams, but they, they do have quality in this team. I, I am, I am I'm confident in that. They also beat Scotland as well uh, re- recently, which was pretty good. I, I want them to do well. They don't give up many goals but they're not good at scoring them either. That's no. the problem. In a tournament like this, though, I think that could be a recipe for some success. And add in Martin Dubrovka, who's back to full fitness. He missed their entire Nations League campaign. A lot of a lot of other games for them. 
He pulls off spectacular saves. He kept them in the game against Austria. Peter Pekarik is still solid at right back. Uh, Lubomir Sotka and Milan Skriniar have screened the back line really well against Austria on Sunday. And you have solid midfielders like Jan Gregush, the creative Andre Duda, Laszlo Benes, who was a revelation in the friendlies, Orosovsky, and of course, the legend Marek Hamsic. Uh, This team can do well enough this tournament. And because of that, I think they'll get third place, probably by drawing every single one of their games. I think I think they could pull out a draw against every one of these teams and qualify as third place. That that's that's my that's that's what I'm feeling. Uh, you can you can call me out when it's your turn, but that's just what I'm I will, saying. Actually. Uh, I know you will. But uh, next, going on to Spain, this is the easiest one to assess. I, I don't know how Spain doesn't win this group. I, I really don't know how. I, I do start- actually. I, I know you do. Okay, yeah, it's uh, their entire squad has COVID. Oh right. Uh, yeah, but they have they have all quarantined and they should all be ready. According I, I'm to hoping I'm hoping they should all be ready. According yeah. to health authorities, they said they should all be ready <laughs> to play uh, in the opening match. That is assuming that still holds true. If if that does, if like they all get uh, like out due to covid, then it's over for them. And then Slovakia <laughs> really has a chance to qualify yeah. top of the group. But uh no, no. I mean, they they should uh, do really well. They've only lost one of their last ten, and they're playing all three of their matches at home. They've got a solid path through this group. Their goalkeeping regiment is solid with De Gea as long as he doesn't take any penalties, and Unai Simon most likely to get in there. Solid defenders with Aspilicueta, Llorente, Alba, Torres, and the new uh, the newly switched over Amaric Laporte. Their midfield has Rodri, Coque, Busquets. Uh, assuming he recovers Danny Olmo and Adama Traore and a solid striker in Alvaro Morata. I'm kidding. Gerard Moreno. (laughs) This team should make it through in first place or else something will have gone terribly wrong. Of course, a COVID outbreak is something is one of those terribly wrong things, but I I have a feeling that anything other than winning the group will be seen as failure for Spain and Sweden. Finally, of course, much of the talk about Sweden is that they're missing their legend Zlatan Ibrahimovic through a knee injury. That doesn't mean they're a bad team, though. They've got Alexander Isak, Dejan Kulusevski, Viktor Lindelof, Pontus Janssen, and Emil Forsberg as some big names. That being said, they seem to really struggle against big teams. They beat pretty small teams, but they got relegated from Group A in the Nations League last winter and won only one game in that competition. They've slightly improved since then, but I'm not sure how much I really rate them. Add in that they're playing every match away from home, having to travel to St. Petersburg twice in between a trip to Seville. That's that's going to be tough on them. And I think this tournament is going to be frustrating for Sweden. I'm I'm just not sure if I'm really confident in a defense of Lindelof and Janssen. I'm not too confident in that. Uh, but I my overall prediction is Spain in first, uh, Poland second, Slovakia in third, and Sweden in third in fourth. I, I know I know it's bias for Slovakia getting getting third, but I actually think I I even I even uh I I even put money on, on it I, I I even put money in it wow. that they're that they will get third in the group I I did I I'm that confident it wasn't a lot of money but I did <laughs> I I am glad you're not uh, a bigger betting man than you are yeah it's probably it's you probably you lose not a good idea. all your money here are my rankings for Group E. Spain first, second Poland, yeah. Third Sweden, fourth any other team, and fifth if there were five teams wow. would be Slovakia. Wow. Here's the thing about Slovakia. I'm not going to say a lot about them. They've gone to major terms before. I think they were at the 2010 World Cup and the 2016 Euros. 
this Slovakia team is not the same Slovakia team as before. Their talent levels is are not the same. Uh, so much so that I was listening to uh, the Total Soccer Show uh, Group E uh, preview because I, I really don't know a lot about these teams overall. So I was doing some research. And one of the things that the host mentioned was the fact that in Slovakia, they're not even they're not even caring about this. They're very down on the Slovakian team. They care more about the ice hockey world championships that happened recently because ice hockey is the most popular sport in Slovakia. Then they do Slovakia's chances at the Euro tournament. If that doesn't say anything about how the Slovakian fans think about Slovakia, it, it, it's just a foregone conclusion in my mind that they're not going to do that well. So th- I have them in fourth. Third in Sweden, they're missing Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think... You know, some people like overrate him, underrate him. For Sweden, I don't think you could really understate how important Zlatan is. And my concern comes with the attack. Can they replace someone like him, even though he's like, what, 37, 38? He still ships in goals like crazy. And I think they're going to be hard-pressed to find someone that can really show up at these tournaments. Uh, For Poland, my main concern with them is you have obviously the greatest soccer player this season, Robert Lewandowski. But the the striker that he was going to pair up with, uh, I'm not going to even pronounce his first name correctly, so I'm not going to try. Uh, Milik, who plays with Marseille, he has scored 15 goals. He's only 27. He got an injury, and he is out of this Poland side. So now Lewandowski has to uh, go with and probably play with Polish players that in total, the other strikers that have been called up have now totaled for 16 goals altogether. Robert Lewandowski has played uh, 119 games and scored 66 goals for Poland. He doesn't have a strike partner with him. He doesn't have a, Poland doesn't have a striker that can complement Robert Lewandowski if Lewandowski has to get subs out. Yeah, that's going to be tough for them. Uh, Spain, the main concern is obviously, is Busquets going to be okay? Is the entire Spanish side going to be okay? I think pound for pound, Spain are not at the same level as some other contenders like Portugal, Belgium, or France. So I don't think I can really say that they're going to be favorites, but I think they're going to get out of this group. So I have Spain, Poland, Sweden, and then Slovakia. I'm so sorry, Jan Gregoosh. One one last thing I'm going to say. Nezojima ma statistika veram na Slovensko, which means I don't care about your statistics. I'm believing in Slovakia. Okay. In okay. Slovak. That's what I'm saying. I'm believing. This being, that being said, if Slovakia score and it's Jan Gregush, I will literally start crying because I will be so happy for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be too. Let's go on to the best group. So we saved the best for last. This is group F. And it features, you know, three really, really great, powerful teams in France. So, Jack, why don't you take it away with Group F? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, wait, hold up. I just, I just <laughs> yeah. recognized what you said there. I, I just recognized. Uh, but no, I, I, for, for those of you who don't, I mean, I already introduced the episode saying this. France is my first team. It's the team that made me fall in love with soccer as a sport, as a whole. It's actually why I'm a Chelsea fan because of Conte and Giroud. Uh, so this team is awesome. I, I could I could wax lyrical about them literally for hours, but everyone on this team is good. 
Giroud always shows up for France like like he did today. He scored a brace after coming on with a mm-hmm. Benzema injury. Just like Griezmann, who always scores bangers. I was telling mm-hmm. AJ earlier. He scored a bicycle kick today. He scored a long-distance goal uh, against Wales uh, the other day. And Mbappe comes up huge for them. Uh, Pogba always seems to turn up. Uh, Kante is always magnificent. Corentin Tolisso in holding midfield has been fantastic. Kingsley Coman injects some raw pace and good shooting into the side. Rafael Varane, while sometimes calamitous for Real Madrid, never seems to have a bad game for France. Hugo Lloris seems to do bad for Tottenham, never seems to do bad for France. Lucas Hernandez, Pavard, you, you really can't be betting against them now. They're the world champions, and for good reason. They rarely fail to break down a side. They've only been held scoreless once in the past two years, and that's by and that's by Finland, which is was in a friendly where they played their C team. <laughs> so uh, that that that's that's the only time they failed to score. Uh, even if you take off one of their top players, there's an equally good player to take off take their place. Take off Giroud or Benzema. Ben Yedder's there. Take off Pavard. You've got Dubois or Koundé oh to come in. Gosh, take off Tuliso, Rabio, Sissoko, or Lemar to come in. This team is too good, and I'm actually I think they'd get nine points from nine from this group. Oh, I I, I think so. I I think they they will go un like I think they will win every single one of their games. I again might be it might be blind uh, blind belief, but. I I really don't know how you can bet against France. Really, Dang, that 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 is the the biggest Jack guarantee I've ever heard. The, yeah, the, there's I mean, been a lot of like <laughs> certified Jack guarantees, but yeah. that one has to be the biggest one. I I think it's probably the most realistic though. Slovakia getting third isn't all that realistic. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I even I'll admit that I'll still say that they'll get third. Though. Whatever. Okay. Uh, Germany though, Germany need to do well this tournament. They need to put the 2018 World Cup behind them and do well for uh, Yorgi Love's last tournament as Germany's manager. Well, I think they won't. I, I don't really see them getting first or second, honestly, which might Same. might be a little controversial. I, I don't know, but they should do more than enough to get third convincingly. They have Mueller and Hummels back in. Mueller shown really brightly in their game against. I mean, it was against Latvia, but it was really good. Havertz was on form after scoring a UCL winning goal. He got three assists and should have had a goal. It was deflected in for an own goal, but still. Uh, you have Gundogan, who had a fantastic season. Kimmich mm-hmm. and Goretzka from Bayern. Gnabry up top, and even Werner scored a goal yesterday. Uh, yesterday. That's that. That's how these players are starting to gel. Plus, Rudiger, Sula, and Gosens have defensive and attacking prowess, while Neuer, as always, is fantastic between the sticks. Well, they've had some disappointing results recently, uh, specifically against North Macedonia. They have so many players on good form. They should do just fine. Uh, I'll, I'll even I, I feel bad go, going uh, to this one because I just feel so bad for them. Hungary, poor Hungary, just poor Hungary. Nothing really has gone right for them. First, they get drawn into the most difficult group, and then they had to take their star man, Dominic Shabuslai, out of their team for injury. And he is out of the tournament. They have two really big names. Uh, one of them is a it w- was one of AJ's uh, in AJ's best eleven. Uh, P- uh, Peter Gulacci and Willy Orban, both from Leipzig. They've won some games, but only against relative European minnows. The only real solace is that two of their three games are at home, so yeah. that is nice for them. But ultimately. I wouldn't be surprised if they get zero points from oh, this. No. I, I feel yeah, really bad right. for them, but it's it. I mean, come on, Portugal, Germany and France. 
I just don't see it happening for them this time. Uh, and then finally, we have Portugal. Portugal are a really promising team, but in recent years, I've noticed they have one really big problem, and it's the same as Argentina with Messi. It's Ronaldo. They seem to play better without him on the field, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not sure if I have stats to back it up, but it just looks like it. Too often, they play only through him, which is a real shame given their talent. They have the likes of Bernardo Silva, Joao Felix, Bruno Fernandes, Renato Sanchez, Sergio Oliveira, who absolutely tore it up in both the Champions League and in the Portuguese League this season, Andre Silva, who was on fire in the Bundesliga, and Diogo Jota, who showed some really good promise early season, not as much later. Did you mention uh, Fernandes in there? Yeah, Bruno Fernandes. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, Bruno yeah. Fernandes. Oh, yeah, Pan- Fernandes, of course. Yeah, Fernandes. Yeah, yeah uh, but to, they have a defense with Cancelo, Diaz, Pepe, and Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's too much talent to overlook but yet they always try and get the ball to Ronaldo and just go from there yes they are the holders of the euros and I think they should do enough to escape the group but they need to rebuild like uh like Argentina honestly do uh they still can't beat Spain France still beats or draws with them they got held by 10-man Serbia controversially I guess they also barely beat Azerbaijan three months ago only winning by an own goal after putting 30 shots on target they're Make no mistake, this Portugal team is good, but it is not as good as it can be. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I, I think they could get an early knockout, honestly. Mm. I'm, I'm not as confident as I was, as I think I, many others are in them. But my ranking is France in first, Portugal in second, Germany in third, and poor Hungary sitting down in fourth. All right. I have the exact same ranking as you. I'll keep this really short. France has the depth. You can their second eleven can honestly be another contender for the Euros. Like I'm yeah. not even joking. I'm not even joking. Portugal have the talent, but not the coach. I think their biggest issue is, and I tweeted about this. I'm really impressed by Portugal. Their talent is incredible. They have such attacking prowess. Their coach is one of the most defensive-minded coaches true relative true. to his team's attacking talent. And that worked out fine in Euro 2016 when they didn't have the same level of talent and they just drew their way into a championship. But now they have young players attacking talent. It's just not good enough for him. Germany, they have the talent, but they're down a few levels compared to France and Portugal. I think individually they're really good but can their coach who is on the way out of this euros really muster any tactical uh stability in order to get them a out of the group and b heavily into the knockout rounds i just don't really think so and hungary is there Uh, unfortunately i didn't write anything for hungary because oh no I'm, I'm sorry i like <laughs> that's just a summary that's just a summary of of what where they are going into this tournament isn't yes it? W- one of my friends is hungarian and i'm sure she'll be watching but honestly i don't think you should have to like you could probably guess what, what's gonna oh, happen no. oh no <laughs> you, you can you can probably <sighs> you can probably have a random number number generator from one to ten and whatever that number is, that's how many goals Portugal, France, and Germany are going to score oh, against no. you per oh, game. God. Like it'd be like nine, and be like, yeah, that probably makes sense. No, I, Hungary's still Dang. a good side. Hungary is still like a very, very good side. They're not France, Portugal, Germany. 
good. True. Yeah. Ugh. I I tried to look on the bright side for Hungary and you and you just destroyed them. Uh, if we have any Hungarian listeners, well, we don't anymore. So there you go. <laughs> do you do you know what's wild as well though? Hungary were the were are actually on the side of the biggest World Cup win in like the men's tournament in history against El Salvador. And yet now look at where they are. Yeah. I mean, Hungary used to be a very very big side in the 50s and 60s yeah. and in the 80s as well. That, yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean like, it, they've had a very recent fall-off, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some, not fall-offs, but some third-place teams. You can look at our uh, gr- all of our group stage predictions by going to the show notes down below and joining our Euro Bracket Challenge. $15 is on the line. But let's go over our third places. Jack, who are your six third-place teams, and who are the four that you think are going to be, quote-unquote, lucky losers and on the basis of how many points they got can qualify to the knockout rounds yeah well third place i have switzerland russia austria scotland slovakia and germany and i i think that austria scotland slovakia and germany are going to be the ones that go through like i said I, i know slovakia is a weird pick again again probably some bias but i i honestly think that they're just ultimate draw merchants and because of that like getting a ton of draws, like three draws in this, is enough, really, when you compare against You're the crazy. other teams. Russia and Switzerland have tough groups, and I I wouldn't be surprised if Switzerland get one point from maybe drawing against Wales in their group. I I'm not sure really how good they're going to do. Russia, I think they could get one point as well, probably drawing against Finland, just getting through on a goal differential, or three points by beating them. Uh, Austria though. They're a solid team. They they've they they are in uh they're they're a solid team and their group is a little bit easier than the other ones. I, I'd say a, a, a weaker Netherlands side, Ukraine and North Macedonia, is a lot easier to go up against than the likes of Belgium, Denmark, uh, and Finland for in the case of Russia. And then Scotland, I think I think they could do well enough. Slovakia, I already explained, in Germany. They should at least beat Hungary, and maybe they'll draw against uh, France or Portugal as well. All right. So can you rep- repeat your uh, your four qualifiers? Yeah. Again? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Austria, Scotland, Slovakia, and Germany. All right. We have, uh, thanks to some two disagreements in groups, we have some differences here. My third places yeah. are Switzerland, Russia, Ukraine, Scotland, Sweden, and Germany. And the way that I chose this, I didn't want to overthink it too much. I just kind of went on vibes, you know, like, <laughs> okay. like if, if I went to like in depth, I would overthink like my group placings to begin with. So I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to pick the teams that I feel like, like I read their aura, you know, oh, like, okay, like okay, Mercury's in retrograde. So I think, <laughs> so, so my four are Switzerland, Russia, Sweden, and Germany. I don't have much to say other than those are the four best sides in my opinion. Wow! This, no like, Ukraine, third place. I'm I'm sorry. Like I I don't I really don't believe in Ukraine. Uh, I don't really believe in Scotland. In terms of talent level, I'm sure they could become a third place lucky loser. But Sweden, Germany, Russia, and Switzerland. I think I they they have some pretty good talent there. Regardless, so that's that's who I went with. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the rest of our kind of predictions, like more. If those group by group predictions were more uh, bird's eye, these are more granular, starting with our actual predicted winner of the tournament. Now, Jack, I think I know yours. 
So why don't we say in the count of three, let's say oh, that's going to be out of sync. Yeah. Jack, why don't you just like, I can guess yours. It's France. Is it France? It's France. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. Can you guess who my champion is? Mm, I, I'm not sure if I really can, but I'm, I'm going to guess that you went with Italy. Italy. Italy is a good choice. If I, if I look at my bracket, I wonder where I put them. Ooh, it's uh, mm, <laughs> not great. But oh. my, my actual <laughs> champion is Belgium. Jack, why don't you explain oh, gonna, your, your France pick real quick? Well, their squad is deep and it's and it's way too good. Like you said, their B team could probably contend to win this tournament. If one quality player comes off, there's a quality replacement coming on. There's literally no dead weight in their in this squad. Uh, unlike, you know, a squad like England, uh, cough, cough, Tyrone Mings, cough, cough, Ben Ooh. White, uh, kind of rough, but probably true based off recent performances. Everyone in the squad can contribute. Call me biased, but I think almost everyone thinks France are one of the top choices to win it. I, I mean, it could, you can call it bandwagoning, but I, I've been a France fan, uh, since before, uh, just before world cup 2018. So I guess maybe kind of bandwagon, but. <laughs> I, I truly think they're they're the best team in this tournament. All right. My winner was Belgium. I think that their golden generation finally shines through. I think if all their pieces can come together and their center backs and defense can stay solid, I think that's enough. I think that their attack will uh, shine through like the sun through the clouds. And so I have them winning. I You, you mentioned Italy as my winners. I, I do rate Italy. I have Belgium beating them in the quarterfinals. I have Italy beating Belgium in the quarterfinals. Okay. So we'll see All about right. that. We'll see about that one. And I also have Belgium beating France in the semifinals. So uh, we've beaten them in a semifinal before. We've yeah. done it before. Yeah, but you know, in these unprecedented times. So in these unprecedented <laughs> times, of course. Well, let's go from the winner. So so I have Belgium winning. You have France. Both really good picks. All right, this is editor AJ again. So we had a poll on Twitter that I want to mention real quick before we get to the rest of the awards. Uh, and that is we asked who was going to win the Euro 2020 according to our fans. And according to our listeners, France, with 58.3% of the vote, was chosen by our audience to win the tournament. That was a really long run-on sentence. But yeah, France... Over England, England only got 25%, Belgium got 0%, and other 16.7%. So I, I really wonder what those, those uh, other voters saw with the other teams. I don't know. I, I also want to mention one of our friends at the Millsy and Mason's Football Houdinani podcast. What a mouthful. They left a comment really explaining their choice, and they said, as England fans, there's no other answer for us, obviously. The English fans always back the English, I suppose. Hashtag it's coming home too, apparently. So yeah, m maybe maybe they'll be right. So our uh, our listeners are apparently going with Jack in voting with France. But now it's time for our dark horse picks. Some teams that can potentially make a challenge that you wouldn't really expect them to. Maybe go deep in the tournament, reach the semi quarter, maybe the final itself. Jack, I'll let you go first. Who is your dark horse team? I think we have the same. I, and I'm not sure how much I can really call them a dark horse since everyone seems to rate them now. But Turkey, uh, hey, yeah, I, same. I, I have them getting to the semifinals. Uh, Dude, they, me they, too. Against, yeah, yeah. Wait, who, who are they playing in the semifinal? Against England. No, no uh, way. Yeah. Do, we, do you have England in the final then? Yes, I do. 
Oh my god. Oh, we have such similar brackets. This is why we're co-hosts. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, they've surprised so many people over the past few months, and I think they can do it again. They're a good team with good players. They have one of the best defenses in this tournament, which will help them through. Uh, you know, I I think I think they I like I said, I have them getting to the semifinals, so does AJ. Do you want to add anything to that then about why you see them as the dark horse pick? I think defensive stability goes a long way in terms of tournament play. I can't really remember too many teams that have won uh, major tournaments that have had shaky defenses. I think like defenses are uh, a necessary burden for, for teams to fulfill. And so I, I think them having that helps a lot. Uh, I will say that I have Turkey and Denmark playing in the round of 16. If Turkey hypothetically lose that game, I have Denmark as my second dark horse that, that's team. That's fair, yeah. Uh, so that's just how I, I just believe it, and I'm, I'm gonna will it into existence. I I'm really scared that they're not gonna do well on the groove stage and they're gonna lose momentum and just crash out. Uh, maybe I'm just buying into recency bias, but like that Netherlands win, uh, their stand against I'm forgetting who they they played recently, uh, but I, I they- just think they'll do well. Well, here's they beat France in World Cup or not uh, in um, Euro qualifying. Yeah, they beat them two to zero in in Europe qualifying. Like I that that was impressive. That that's when I started like rating them. Like mm-hmm. when I saw them pull off a two zero win against a full a full strength France team, I was like, dang, they they're a good team. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that that that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, go Turkey, and <sighs> let's talk about the letdown team of the of the the tournament. So a, a team that. We expect to do pretty well, might be favorites, but have a very early exit. I think we might have the same one as well. I, I think we might as well. I, I do have a backup one as well. My first one uh, is the Netherlands. I think Frank De Boer plus No Van Dyke plus whatever else that gets thrown their way equals sadness. I definitely think they get out of <laughs> the group, but I have them losing in the round of 16 to Germany, which is, I think, a, a pretty fair shout. My my secondary uh, letdown team is Portugal. I have them losing in the round of sixteen to England. I think their coach, you know, same problem as the Netherlands. They're coaching. I think he might get the tactics wrong with England, and England's attacking talent breaks into Portugal's defensive style. Jack, who is your letdown team? Well, I can see the Netherlands, but I have them getting one round further than you okay. because I have them playing Slovakia in the round of 16. Okay, okay, true. Uh, so I, I think they're really good at drawing, but I think if it comes to a penalty shootout, they'll get destroyed. Uh, <laughs> so that, that that's what I'm thinking. But I, for my disappointing team, at first I wrote down Wales, but okay. then because, because there was such an expectation after Euro 2016 uh, at, to, for them to do well again, but the more I thought about it, I was like, it's got to be Portugal. It, mm-hmm. it it has to be because they won the tournament last time around. I don't think I, I, I have them getting knocked out by England as well. I, I, okay. I think their strategy, first of all, their manager, that's a good point that I didn't even think of at first. Their manager is not the right fit for this team. And also just the, the strategy of get the ball to Ronaldo and have him do something just doesn't work the same way. It doesn't work for Argentina to do the play the ball to Messi and have him do something strategy. It's a really bad thing. It's the same thing that Juventus have done for a while now, and it's cost them a lot. And I, I think Portugal will have that same kind of thing. Fair have shout. To fair shout. So I, yeah, I, 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 I would like to see. I would love to see a final between 
Portugal and France. I would love to see that a rematch final, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll happen. I think it's they're set for so an early either. knockout. All right. Well, let's go on to uh, two player specific awards. Our first one that we're going to try to predict is the Golden Boot winner. And then the breakout player of the tournament, Golden Boot winners, obviously the most goals breakout player of the tournament. Uh, I kind of defined as the player who isn't really on the radar of the average football fan who is going to be by the end of this tournament. Let's start with the Golden Boot winner, Jack. Do you think it's going to be a person from France that's going to win this? I have a person from France as an honorable mention. All right. Who is your guy then? Uh, my guy is Harry Kane because I have England making it to the finals. Mm-hmm. And if England make it that far, then Harry Kane is probably going to bag a lot of goals along the way. Uh, if they get eliminated early, though, I, I think that Griezmann is mm. a solid pick for it because he was actually the golden boot winner in Euro 2016, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, now I'm doubting that now that now that it's up to the moment, but I'm I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> and the reason why is with Benzema's injury potentially making him more of an impact sub than a starter. If Giroud is playing, Griezmann just becomes a different kind of beast. I I don't know. I I I mean I do know what it is. That he opens up so much space for him in like an attacking ten role, and he's able to like feed it out to Mbappe and get it back, score a great goal. I, I think he could do I think he could do that. And especially after watching the warm-up games for France, sure, it was against Bulgaria and Wales. Not maybe the best competition, but they were solid goals nonetheless. And if he can keep doing those kinds of things, I, I could see I could see him getting it. Getting the golden boot if if England get knocked out early, that is. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, my golden boot winner, just so you know, Jack, is Timo Werner. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, kidding, yeah. Kidding. It's also Harry Kane for pretty much the exact same reasons. As you say, I also have England in the final. I think if England go far, he will also go far in the golden boot race. He is the main guy for England, the main uh, striking output for them. And I think most importantly, if I'm if I believe correctly, he is on penalties for England. Yeah. So. And I don't know if one of those players dives in the box, if Jack Grealish acts like he just got <laughs> just destroyed by a sniper rifle. He probably will. Yeah. Then Harry Kane's going to bag at least like one or two penalty goals. And that goes a long way in this limited tournament. So I have him as my golden boot winner as well. I don't even have any uh, honorable mentions. I guess you could say, yeah, Griezmann, Mbappe. I'm not going to try to just come up with some because... I think it's going to be Harry Kane if they get far. He was the 2018 World Cup Golden Boot winner. So oh, th- th- there's some precedence yeah. there. Be, be, be honest with me. When I said that my, my backup was from France, who, who did you think I was going to pick? I honestly didn't think you were picking Giroud. Like, like honestly, <laughs> because I, I, think, I think you know that if Benzema is healthy, they're going to split the minutes, at least in yeah. the group stage. So, yeah, unfortunately Ridiculous. for you ridiculous decision after after the friendlies we've, we've seen he, yeah ben's people have said oh benzema's back no he's been terrible okay he, he has not been good i i honestly thought you're gonna say either griezmann uh, i was leaning towards mbappe if i'm being honest so yeah. which are yeah. fair shouts in itself yeah. but yeah let's go on to the breakout player of the tournament i will begin this all right i'm actually gonna change my answer because oh okay it was originally between doku of belgium and 
I, I picked him because I think Belgium obviously are going to go far into the finals. And I think he has the he's the player with the most to gain with a good Euro performance. And I think he's the most likely to get some playing time. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, Belgium are a strong squad. They have a lot of strong, like, starter quality bench players. So once they get to the knockout rounds, I don't know how much we'll see of him. I think he's like 21 or whatever. So I'm going with a guy that I've already mentioned, and that's Eljif Elmas of North Macedonia. Okay. North Macedonia might crash out. They will crash out. But that doesn't mean that Elmas isn't going to make a splash being a really good player, even if he doesn't get in the, the, the radars of everyone that's a football fan. I think the hardcore football fans are going to watch North Macedonian games and be like, that kid is really good. Who does he play for? Napoli, but he doesn't like start that much and he still has like a lot of room to grow. It's crazy. That's crazy. And then he's going to get some scouts' attentions and he's going to go to a bigger club, no offense to Napoli, than Napoli. Jack, who is your breakout player of the tournament? Well, I had two. Um, one of them is a little bit more well known and the other one is not very well known. First uh, nominee I potentially thought of, Nuno Mendes from Portugal. Uh, he he's he had a great season in Portugal in Portugal's league as a left back, and you know he he uh, like some people who watch the Portuguese league more than I do have said that he had one of the best seasons for left back behind behind maybe Luke Shaw, which is pretty good because Luke Shaw had an amazing season. Uh, so this is a, this is a chance to show the rest of the world what he can do. Although if Portugal get eliminated early, it could be a, it could be a little bit tougher for him to show that. But the other one that I went for, and I think this is probably who I'd edge it to, is Kasper Kozlowski from Poland. Mm. And the reason why is because, you know, as you said, there's some injuries uh, up top for Poland. So there's not maybe the most designated strike force or like anything like that. But he's only 17 and he was picked for Poland squad. He, he's a great attacking midfielder. He had a pretty good season in Poland's league. He got a goal and three assists in 20 games. Not too bad for a 17-year-old. Uh, and yeah, I, he, he's, he's been pretty impressive in there. And if he can show what he can do this summer, which he definitely could because Poland's squad, let, let's be honest, is looking for creative players that, that can feed Lewandowski. He could be a player to watch for sure. So if he strikes up a solid partnership with Lewandowski... He could he could really impress and be a breakout star. All right. All right. Those are our uh, previews and predictions of the Euro tournament. I am really excited for this tournament. The like Euro 2008 was the first tournament that I've ever watched, even though I can't really recollect anything that happened. <laughs> so I, I'm a really big fan of international soccer because of that. Jack obviously is a huge fan of the Euros and all the teams there and this tournament in particular. So we're going to be watching this with very, very sharp eyes. Keep a watch out for our Twitter because we, I know Jack is probably going to live tweet this like crazy. <laughs> I know that I'm going to be covering this with Jack on our podcast. So pay attention to that. And also go to our show notes down below. Fill out that bracket challenge because we want to give you 15. We literally we're begging you to take our money yeah so go ahead and do that see if you think that you can best us probably not gonna happen and yeah jack do you have anything else to add to our listeners well i mean just 
just say just a quick note probably not going to happen on that i mean i did pick slovakia to make it into the round of 16 yeah so it might have you might out outclass me that, that might just cost some points not gonna lie <laughs> that probably will i'm being honest i i'm i'm saying i'm i'm saying that i love them but it's probably going to cost me a lot but uh-huh. as, as always make sure to check out twitter you know it, it it's fun there uh, i've been posting memes uh and uh, also a quick fun fact for you uh, after the CONCACAF Nations League, Jackson Ewell has more international trophies than Messi, so we clearly know who the better player is. Yeah. Uh, just, just, a, just a quick shout-out of an earlier tweet. So if you want more content like that, you know, give it a follow. All right. With that, that is the end of the Final Thirds podcast deep dive on the Euros. As always, give us a follow, a review, and a rating on wherever you listen to us whatever major podcast platform that is. Tell a friend that you like the show. Tell your dad even. I'm sure he's going to want to hear all about how much we hate or dislike Frank DeBoer. And with that, we're going to see you guys next uh, Monday for our news and predictions episode covering some of these Euro results. And we'll see you guys same time, same place for next week's Deep Dive episode. See ya. Allez le blues. Ah.